0: Amen. The day before Good Friday, Pastor Garvin came in my office. He said, when I'm out of the country, I'd like for you to preach for me. Is that possible? And I said, I doubt it. He, he said, great, because that's what I want you to preach on. And then, and then we, we went th- through Good Friday, and Good Friday to me was kind of a hard day. I worked on my taxes all day and then went to the uh, Good Friday service, so we covered both of life's guarantees on the same day, right? Taxes and death. But then we had Easter Sunday last week, and Easter Sunday was a great day of celebration for the church of Jesus Christ all around the world. Why? Because Jesus didn't stay in the grave he overcame the grave he overcame death and he gave us hope but for many people Easter is a time when they put on their best clothes and maybe buy a new dress but then when Easter festivities are over the new shoes are now a little scuffed the new dresses get put away in the closet maybe not to be worn again until next year or maybe not brought out of the closet until they go on a yard sale. And for many people, that's exactly what happens to their faith as well. Easter Sunday is a, a great day of celebration of being remembered and reminded of what Jesus Christ has done. But it's also, it's also a sad day for those who don't have anything on Monday. And Tuesday and later in the year when they're going through some difficult times when they get a bad report from the doctor when their finances take a bad turn and you know life is full of struggles but the one thing we know about the resurrection is that no matter what we face or what we go through Jesus is the answer for the world today and Jesus has the power and he offers hope that no matter what we go through and what we experience, there's nothing bigger than Jesus. Amen? Amen. There's nothing bigger than Jesus. And I am so thankful for that today. The resurrection of Jesus Christ wasn't the only resurrection in the New Testament. As many of you are aware, as Jesus walked on this earth, there were three other resurrections that he was present at. We know that he encountered a widow whose son was already in the coffin, his lifeless body already cold, and Jesus spoke life into that corpse, and he rose again. And we're reminded through the resurrection of that boy and the resurrection of our Savior is that life is possible through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. There was a, a man named Jairus whose daughter was ill. He tracked Jesus down. In the process, she died. I remember when my own daughter was born, our firstborn And uh, when she was born, there were a lot of complications. And when she was born, uh, there was no heartbeat, there was no breathing. And uh, the uh, doctors and the medical team came rushing into that emergency room, pushed us off into the corner and began doing what they were doing. And my wife and I began to pray, God, let your will be done. God, you are bigger than this. You're bigger than anything that we face. And you can imagine the joy that we had a, uh, a few moments later when we heard that first cry. Praise God. And uh, the last 27 years, she's been crying pretty... Cons- no, not really. <laughs> but what I felt more than anything... Bigger than my fear, bigger than my worry, bigger than anything. As my wife and I began to pray, we felt the presence of Jesus. Wow. Literally, it was like he was in that delivery room with his arms around us. There wasn't two of us, there was three of us. Amen. And uh, so we're reminded that not only does the resurrection teach us that life is possible it teaches us that hope is as real as death because just like i know that god raised my daughter he raised jairus's daughter from the dead as well then we have we have the big testimony of jesus's power lazarus had become ill Word was sent to Jesus. Jesus, your friend Lazarus is ill. You better come. You better do something. Well, Jesus was busy. Cell phones, faxes, internet, email, all kinds of things that he had to take care of. By the time Jesus got to where Lazarus was, they said, too late, you missed it. You missed it. You could have been here. You could have saved him, but now you're too little, too late. Jesus told everyone to take a chill pill. This is my paraphrase. Jesus told everyone it's going to be okay. No, it was going to be okay. It's too late now. Jesus said... Roll the stone away. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. I remember the first time I heard the joke, the reason Jesus said his name is so that every dead person wouldn't come forth. (laughs) Make a lot of sense to me. He said specifically, Lazarus, you come forth. And he came forth. But he had a little bit of difficulty because he had all the grave cloths wrapped around him The disciples said he told the disciples set him free from that bondage of death because Lazarus had risen from the dead so we learn that there is that life is possible through the resurrection we learn that hope is as real as death and we learn that faith can rise in the midst of chaos And yet when Jesus was crucified, when he was put into the tomb, people had given up hope on life. They had lost hope that life is as real as death when Jesus speaks life. They had given up on the fact that faith can rise in the midst of chaos. But we know that on the third day, Jesus rose again. And then he began appearing to his disciples. That brings us to our text today. It's found in your bulletins In John chapter 20, verses 26 through 29, it says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Amen? That's what we're talking about. That's why the church has power. That's why it will never go away, no matter how Hard those opposed to the cross of Jesus Christ try, no matter how hard governments may try to eliminate the influence from the church, of the church, from their culture, it will never go away because it is alive. It is alive. When my wife and I came here on spring break vacation a year ago last March, we were so. Impressed by the life that we felt in every conversation that we carried on. When we left here, we we both prayed and we went to uh, um, went to a Fort Myers area and spent some time on the beach. And we were praying. There was a church that was waiting for us to give them an answer if we would submit our resume or not, and my wife and I both prayed and said, we believe that God is doing something so supernatural at Calvary Assembly in Orlando. We want to be a part of it. We want to serve the Lord and what he is doing there. And we both felt confirmation. And we, we contacted Pastor Ed and said, we're willing to help you and do whatever it takes for us to be there. If you can pay us, that'd be nice. If you can't pay us, we'll trust God. And he prayed and, and uh, well, you know the rest of the story. And the thing that I love about being here is this. Is I definitely enjoy working behind the scenes, intimately with so many of you to help change lives. And I'm so thankful for those of you that have have, um, linked arms with us and have said, hey, we want to be a part of what God is doing too. Don't leave us out. And we hope that more and more of you will say, yes, we want to be a part of what God is doing. Because I have great hope. Because if Jesus can overcome the cross and the grave, he can overcome any obstacles that we face. Amen? There is no obstacle too big that God cannot meet it. And he's already been meeting them supernaturally. We've seen God do great things. And if you're not a consistent part of this church, I want to invite you to join us. Don't just be a spectator. Don't just be a critic. But come and sacrifice and see what God will do. Come and offer your talents and make yourself available. And we will rock this region for Jesus. Amen. Now, as we look at the resurrection story, in, in the resurrection and the the events following the resurrection, we see that the reality of the resurrection did a few different things. First of all, the reality of the resurrection strengthened the disciples' resolve. If you look resolve up in the dictionary, it will say resolve is commitment, boldness, and courage. Now, after Jesus was crucified, imagine the disciples as they were getting back together and they were asking themselves, where did you go after he was crucified? You didn't stick around? Well, where did you go? I didn't stick around. Did anybody stick around? No. Imagine the shame, the humiliation. Especially those who had proclaimed their perseverance to follow Jesus all the way to the cross. If that's where he was going, that's where they were going too. And yet when the persecution arose, they fled. And then they get back together and realize, wow, we're, we're not a very committed group, are we? We're not really that bold, are we? Imagine the shame and the humiliation. But this is what I love about Jesus is because when Jesus came to Thomas, the thing that he wanted Thomas to do was leave your doubt behind, buddy. Leave it behind. Step out in faith. Follow me and and watch what happens. He didn't want Thomas to go through the rest of his life living in that doubt. I think that the reason this this story rings so true for many of us is because we can relate to Thomas. I know I can. Maybe a few weeks ago, when we received our mission's faith promise pledges, maybe God dropped a number in your heart that scared you. I've been there. Maybe you were waiting a few weeks to see if it would go away. But as soon as I brought it up, that number came back to your mind. I want to encourage you. It's not too late to step out in faith. Say, God, I'm going to trust you for the supernatural. If you can overcome death, I know that you can supernaturally provide. Maybe you've got a neighbor that you know needs Jesus. But to be honest, he scares you a little bit. When we lived in Minneapolis, Minnesota while going to Bible college. We had an ex-Marine who lived below us. His wife's name was, was, uh, was Virgie. And every night we would listen to this ex-Marine beat his wife, screaming her name, Virgie, Virgie, Virgie. One night when I was out playing hockey across the street, something that I was happy to give up when I moved to Orlando, I was out playing hockey across the street from our apartment and I came back to our apartment and the door was locked. I couldn't get in. I'm banging on the door and finally my wife figured out it was me. She unlocked the door. I opened the door just to see her hand go back in the closet. I said, what are you doing in there? She said, is anybody else out there with you? I said, no. I said, what happened? Then I smelled the smoke. I said, oh this probably isn't going to be good. She was doing some cooking, and the towels caught on fire. So she runs across our apartment, kicks open the door. It wasn't a very expensive apartment. Kicks open the window, and she threw the burning towels outside. And as soon as they started descending, they caught a tree right outside the marine window below us, and he starts screaming at Virgie. Good God, Virgie, they're they're bombing us, they're bombing us, get the weapons, get the guns. (laughs) So my wife did what she did, she prayed and hid in the closet. (laughs) For fear that as soon as he figured out that it wasn't, it was just a towel that was burning that my wife had thrown out of the window because we lived in a three-story building. We were on the third floor, he was on the second floor. Yeah, he needed Jesus. And, uh, and I wish I had a happy ending, but we moved. <laughs> so if you wonder if you're the only one that can relate to Thomas, I assure you, you are not the only one that can relate to Thomas. But the thing I learned about the resurrection is this, is the reality of the resurrection strengthened the disciples' resolve. And I was reminded of that reality in the year 2000. I was doing a leadership uh, seminar in India. We were in India for three weeks, and uh, we had a couple days to do what tourists do, and, and uh, our Christian friends said, there's something that we want to show you. So they took us to this little park area, and we got to tour this cave. And this cave, according to history, is where Thomas spent the last 30 years of his life. And when you go inside this cave, there's a stone that's very smooth, but it's got two little divots in this stone. And our friends told us to kneel right there. And as I knelt, it was perfect, perfectly formed so you could kneel. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. And then I heard the story of Thomas, Thomas the Apostle of Jesus, the the dude that was so afraid, the guy that said, unless I see his scarred hands and see his side, I won't believe. That guy went further than any of the other disciples to tell other people about Jesus. That guy would spend hours every day praying in that cave and tradition says the reason the stone was shaped the way it was is because it was shaped that way because of thomas's devotion to prayer praying for india that's the guy that had resolve maybe not so much when jesus was crucified but after the resurrection his life was forever changed we also know that the reality of the resurrection strengthened the disciples relationship With Jesus the thing I love about Jesus is this if you look at Matthew 28 you'll see that in verse 10 he told the ladies that had come to the tomb he said do not fear do go and tell my brothers true brotherhood that's what Jesus was about with his disciples as soon as he, he rose from the grave, he wasn't looking for them to embarrass them and scold them and hold them accountable. No. The first thing he said is, go tell my brothers. Brotherhood. That's what we had last night at the men's steak feed. It was a wonderful event. That's what we want to have more of at Calvary. It's all about brotherhood. It's all about linking arms. It's all about about partnering together and standing together so when when one person is weak, the brothers that are strong can carry him through. Amen? And so that's what Jesus did. Jesus Jesus went to his brothers that were struggling, said, look at me, here I am. He didn't say, how dare you ask for proof? He offered it, said, Thomas, here I am, here I am. And Thomas said something for the first time, my Lord and my Savior. His heart was changed when he encountered the risen Savior. And I believe that hearts are being changed constantly when we encounter the risen Savior. The reason I believe that Jesus was so adamant to go and find his disciples is because I believe Jesus saw what happened in the garden. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and Eve got isolated and the serpent came and Genesis 3 tells us it was the most vile of all the creatures, the most cunning. And the serpent came to Eve and what did he do? He starts putting doubt in Eve's mind. Did God really say that you can't eat of the fruit of this tree? God told you you would die? That's funny. That's a lie. You're not going to die. Then when Eve saw that the fruit was pleasing and good for food, she partook of it and directly disobeyed God's command because the enemy was able to put enough doubt in her heart that she was able to be influenced by the world. And that is why... We see a great, a great event here in scripture because he wanted to get to his disciples so that he would know that doubt may not separate us from God, but it gives the enemy a foothold in our life. And so he wanted to establish that relationship And what I love about this passage of Scripture is is it strengthened their relationship in such a powerful way. That's why church attendance is so important. That's why Sunday school, Calvary University, is what we call it, is so important. I'd like you to do me a favor. You may be here today and say, I don't know if I have faith. That's okay. Okay. Because there are people standing up here who will stand in the gap and say, we're believing Jesus is here today to say these nail-scarred hands, the blood that flowed out of Jesus' side, the stripes that were placed on his back, all were given so that we could stand here today and say, Jesus can change your life. He can change your prognosis. He can change your future. He can change your destiny. So as the worship team sings, I want to invite you to come.